Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to Sofa Cinema Club. I am Colton Smith and as always I am joined by... Jack P. Shepard. Ben Bishop. I didn't go straight away to what you thought, you see. I just moved around. I like Ben Bishop. It sounds good. Ben Bishop. Hello. The Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together to educate each other on films. Now, the Sofa Cinema Club is all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. Each week, one of us sets a film for the others to watch, and then we come into the studio and we talk about what we loved hated and rated now the beauty of our film club is that anyone can join in all you've got to do is watch along with the film at home join us every thursday to find out what we thought of the film this week's film has been chosen by jack and it is as good as it gets now this is our penultimate episode of the series series five coming to an end so before we get into talking all things as good as it gets as always, how has your week been? What have you been up to? What's going on? Um, big news, Jack. Big news. I haven't really got any big news. Well, well you I'm have, a- because we saw it on the Instagram. Ooh, what? Remind me. Your washing machine. Oh, it's all done. That was early. That I mean, that was at the beginning of the week. I completely forgot all about it. Oh, news. It's, it's done. He came in, he were in and out, five minutes. Everything's back to normal. So that's all good. Um... What else have I done? Uh, I've been at work, not really been doing anything really exciting. Oh, I went and I bought some chocolate. <laughs> I've got a bit of an, an obsession with chocolate at the minute. I'm eating an awful lot of chocolate. I probably eat one of those big galaxy share bars a day. Wow. You're joking. No. You're tiny. Where's it going? Your boots. <laughs> Your boots. It's, it is a lot. I is mean, it? how much chocolate? The big one. It's a lot yeah. of chocolate, that. That's a family chocolate, isn't it? Yeah, the, yeah, the family bar. Oof. Yeah. Every day? Probably, yeah. Maybe over two days, And yeah. what do you go for? Do you go just Galaxy Smooth? Galaxy Smooth. <laughs> you never go Smooth Caramel? Yeah, I mix it up every now and again. And cream, fruit and yeah, Nut? Co- no, none of that fruit and okay. Nut shit. I'm not pissing about with that. Hold on. Galaxy do Fruit and Nut? But isn't that just Fruit and Nut? I'm not old enough for Fruit and Nut. I bet you like Fruit and Nut, don't you? <laughs> you fucking do, don't you? I know you do. It's too hard for his teeth. It's it's too dangerous. <laughs> To be I'm fair, Ben's a, a sweet nut. man, though, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He I'm a gummy, but I'm a I'm a wine gums man. But anyhow, talking about chocolate, I went into a supermarket to get some. Just my usual bar. Hiya, usual bar. Please. Well, the eggs are on, aren't they? Yeah, they are. So I bought four yeah. Easter eggs. What what brand? I got a Galaxy one. I got a Cadbury's caramel one. I got um, a twirl, and I got a crunchy. Do they, have, do they have? Right, let's just dig into this because obviously this is a rich vein of comedy. Fifteen quid. <laughs> do they have the mini bars in them? Yeah, yeah. Was yeah, it yeah. like? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. You so get, you get the egg, and you get a few bars. Not. You about. get a few bars inside. Yeah. yeah. Are you sharing them? No. You giving them to yourself? No. I got home, and everyone were like, "Oh, Jack's bought Easter eggs for us all." I went, "No, I aren't. They're mine. Sod off. They're literally mine. I've bought them for myself." I went home this weekend, went into my bedroom, on the bed, Jack, Easter egg. 
Hotel Chocolate. Very posh. Ooh. And it's called something like The Road to Rocky Road. And it's, I mean, it's thick. It's a it's, bit rich for me, that Hotel Chocolate. It's a heavy egg. And it's got like little truffles inside of the yeah. egg. Oh, the missus will be all over that. Are we still, are we, where, where, where have we gone here? It's, it's an interesting one because obviously I said the famous quote of chocolate's chocolate. Which divided opinion. I said, "Tell that to the Swiss." <laughs> Tell that to Mister Lint. He's fuming. You, you, you've just repeated your jokes then from four episodes again, and yeah, he's still it's still funny. It's it's still funny. It's good. So I said, "Chocolate's chocolate," and people weren't very happy. Now, Easter egg chocolate, Jack, is a very different thing, isn't it? Yeah. Where Where do you stand with Easter egg chocolate? Cadbury's all day long. Cadbury's chocolate for Easter eggs. Yeah. Do you not think it's a bit thin? Yeah, but, I mean, it's a big fucking egg, isn't it? You can't have a thick egg. No, the Hotel Chocolate one is. It's, I mean, it's it's a, it's a girthy. It's, <laughs> it's, Crikey, Colson. Crikey, where are we now? We've got, we're very lost in this egg. You left a big girthy egg on your bed. <laughs> Drop a yeast. Give, 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 um, give a Hotel Chocolate egg a go, Jack, and... You know, let us know what you think. The mainly dark, though, in it, hotel. No, chocolate. no, milk, milk. Oh, milk. Right. I don't do dark chocolate. No, I'm I don't. a milk man. I don't. But it's not Easter yet. So that's early, Coulson. Easter's this weekend. Yeah, but when you got the egg. Yeah, but I, my, I won't see mum and dad this weekend. Oh, I see. So you just t- you've taken it home. Is it in the flat? No, it's um, it's on my bed at home still. Oh, I didn't want to bring it back to Manchester because I don't really want to eat it. But then. Oh. oh, oh, okay. Oh. No, well, I do, but I don't. <laughs> Happy so Easter. I'm, I'm just, it, it's kind of, it, it was at, it's at the side of my bed at home. And then I'm at home this weekend, but my mum and dad aren't. So I might sit in bed and eat it, n- nibble away. <laughs> <laughs> what else have you been up to, Coles? Um, a lot. Um, quite a lot, actually. Don't know where to start. We've got, we got quite a lot on. So shall I give you three, like... Go on, jump I'll in. give you three bullet points and you can tell me which one to go through. We've got Return of Cricket, A Day on the Farm, or Olympics. Olympics, it's got to yeah, be. Yeah, what's happening at Olympics? Let's... Here we go. <laughs> Down at the Olympics. Here he is. Had a really fun day yesterday. Really fun. What was it? It was Canoe Slalom. <laughs> Hello, my favourite. And... It was the first day that I've like properly enjoyed and kind of got involved with because it kind of felt like everyone was on a level playing field because it was a completely new skill. Like, believe it or not, no one's hobby is canoe slalom. Is that like the kayak? Yeah, but it's on the whitewater rafting course. So if you have the log flume in Disney yeah. or Alton Towers, you're going down that in a canoe. Yeah. Got you, got you. So... There's quite a lot of drops and like some are sharp and some are on <laughs> angles. Put your hands up. Hey! <laughs> but so to, to, to not to score points, but to keep keep your time, you have to go through gates. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to steer through gates, and some gates are upstream and some gates are downstream. Upstream gates are so 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 hard mm. because you're going against the current and it's quick. So Lee Valley, the White Rock rafting course, which was made for the Olympics, is the hardest course in the world, oh. and that's the course that we're going off. Oh, but Jack, I loved it because obviously the initial thing was I don't want to capsize, I don't want to drown. Yeah, but they make you they make you <laughs> the simulate, two pointers there for kayaking. They make you simulate capsizing straight away so you you stand on the side of the whitewater rafting course about like just probably two drops towards the end yeah Mm. and you jump in off the edge on into like into the current and you kind of just have to simulate what it'd be like if you if you came out of the boat so then you're wet and it's cold and you're like okay then you get in the boat and you start to get warm but I loved it. The first four times I did the course, I didn't capsize. And then I capsized for like six times in a row because I was trying to get through the gate. And when you go through a gate, because you're having to paddle and you're having to steer and you're having to go in a direction, when you hit the drop, you're kind of off balanced. And unless you sort your balance out and get back, get back pedaling, not pedaling, rowing. Yeah. You, you, you capsize. It's not a pedalo. Canoe slalom. I'm taking my bike. <laughs> pedalo slalom. Here he comes a, on the pedalo. Pedalo swan down the white rafting. Pedalo car. swan with the old uh, seat, the old slide at the back. <laughs> so that that was 
a day and a spot that I really enjoyed. And I think, you know, God knows how, I, how I'll do in that spot, but, you know, all the others, I feel dramatically a, a bit of a disadvantage. And I feel like I'm, you know, not, I'm, I, I'm going to try my absolute best and my hardest, but my best is going to be my best and it's going to be very different to everybody else's. But the canoe was just fun, Jack. It was just, yeah. it was just a, it was a great way to spend a day. And obviously, I think we've got three sessions and I miss the next two because of work. Oh. So the next time I'm in a canoe is on the day. You see, that's the thing that no one else really realises. No one sees. When these sort of celebrity shows, like you're dancing on ice and you're strictly in that, like as contestants that are on soaps, it's like they've yeah. got like proper like, full-time jobs during yeah. one film and it's yeah. so they usually can't get the rehearsal in. No, yeah. It, I mean, it, it, it's it's two full-time jobs and it, yeah. everyone else on it is there full-time and yeah. it just so happens that at the moment Craig Tinker's in a little bit of a storyline. So it's kind of backwards and forwards, juggling the two lives, a little bit like Hannah Montana, I guess. Oh. Yeah. Oof. It's not even a link. No. It's, it's a great, it's a great relationship. It's a bit like Hannah Montana doing canoe slana. <laughs> but it's like, th- this week, Jack, six trains. Six trains. Oh, no. Six. No one wants that. Ben saw me last night when I got in, and he kind of gave me the old... It's going to be all right. You're going to be fine. I was like, Ben, it's Monday. <laughs> I can't I can't be having this chat this early on in the week. Like yeah. if I'm hanging on by a thread on Monday, it's going to be it's going to be a long week. What have you been up to, Ben? What's been going off? Can you smile them? <laughs> um, big week, big week. Uh, camping. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot. It was half term. It's half term. It's camping. It's filled with comedy. It's shite, isn't it? Yeah. But you, you've been before, so you've had a recce. You've had a recce almost. Is it posh? Oh, yeah, when you say when you say camping, it's glamping, isn't it, this? Yeah, but to me, it's still a tent. Yeah. It's nice, but... So, we, so we're in the car, we're packing, the dog knows it's coming. Star knows it's coming. She knows something's going on, her bed's getting packed. She's like, level 10, level 10. So we're in the car, driving. Of course, I'm driving... They're already planning the stop off. Stars in the middle, kind of driving with me. What are we up to? Where are we going? So we put off at the services. They obviously all fuck off in to go and get whatever food they've got. And I've got star outside. Have a little wee wee, whatever. Well, you normally have a bag with you, don't you, that has treats and um, poo bags. Hmm. <laughs> so we're at the service station. <laughs> She's going around all sniffy sniffy. It's just as a huge piece. <laughs> just as a woman right next to the car park goes, Oh, hiya! Oh. Oh. <laughs> hiya, what are you doing here? No bag. <laughs> no bag. There's a poo right next to me. I'm like, oh. Hi, what are you doing? We're just going camping. Oh, uh, oh, any chance of a photo? <laughs> <laughs> any chance of a wet wipe? <laughs> <laughs> I said, Yeah, I've got a dog in here. She went, No. I said, Oh, give us a sec. <laughs> so I had to go in. You went go to in. Greg's, asked for a sausage roll <laughs> no, bag. I went in to go into the bin and get a bag out the bin. Oh, the Ooh. bin dive. <laughs> bin dive. I saw Nick Tilsley Rooting in the bin. Kettering services <laughs> doing a bin dive. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I had to give it. She's looking at me thinking, this is great. We're on holidays. Star's looking at me thinking, this is great, Dad. And I'm there doing growing oh, a boo f- with his bag. Put it into the dog poo bin. Because I'm not leaving it. you got to put no, it away. Yeah, yeah. And then the woman, this really lovely lady comes up for a photo but I'm like I've just said, have you got have you got any anti-bag oh, <laughs> so so that's how we started and of course they all come piling out mm. and they're fine but mm. I've had a whole I've had a whole I've had a whole situation big week big week for all of us really the other thing we've all done this week is we have all watched as good as it gets so Jack for the final time in Series 5, let's have the the worst out of the three of us to do a synopsis. Really? Am I? Have I got that title? It's, it's a tough one, because ben, sim- ben simplifies it. Who's the worst at doing synopsis? <sighs> I'd say, uh, do you know what? I'd probably This series, I'd probably say it is me. Mine have been pretty shit. 
this series, to be fair. I think mine are quite good. <laughs> I think you practice yours. I think you're right, no. You read yours off someone else who's written it on the internet. Yeah. I get producer Henry to write it for me. <laughs> INC, me. I'm MC. Go on then. Let's let's have some MC in right now, okay. off the bat. Jack Shepard, as good as it gets, let's have it. Okay. Jack Nicholson, stars Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt. Jack Nicholson um, has a condition, compulsive obsessive disorder, right? He lives in uh, an apartment in Manhattan and he's a not very nice man. He's sort of ill-tempered, he's a bit grumpy, doesn't really like people, doesn't like anyone and likes things his own way. Um, His neighbour's got this dog and he doesn't like the dog. And then his neighbour gets attacked and he has to sort of look after this dog. And then there's also a woman in this coffee shop that he quite likes. <laughs> I've, got, I've gone on, but I have to mention her. What do you want? And then he, he he's, for, he's sort of forced between these, these sort of situations where he has to sort of speak and interact with people that he might not necessarily like. And it's just how he deals with it. That's it. <laughs> I know, it wasn't great. It End wasn't, of film. Wasn't great. Can I, can I have a hundred million to make it, please? No. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Why? It just sounded a bit shit. We've thought about it and it sounded a bit shit. Yeah, but I've just copied it as good as it gets. Really? Have you? Have you? It sounded a bit shitter. <laughs> You know, when we get a member of the audience on and they give us a synopsis and that we then go back and talk about it. Well, Jack, your criticism of them is normally the fact that they reveal the whole film. And I haven't, to be fair. (laughs) Well, well, there's not much left, is there? You started off in a big book, the Harry Potter series almost. You started off very (laughs) in-depth and by the end, (laughs) you just said... And it's a film with Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you said at the end. You started off with a story and they went, yeah, and then he's grumpy. And that's the end. So the first time I watched this film was with Jack. Yeah. And Jack made me watch this, Ben, when, um, when I found out that Craig Tinker was getting OCD. Jack made me watch this film. Did I? As your homework? Yeah, you were like, this is this is your film to watch. So yeah, we sat down and watched this probably, what, Jack? Four years ago, maybe? And I watched it again today on the train heading back down to London. How did you watch it? I watched it with the full gang. I had... Full gang. Girlfriend. Easter egg in hand. I had Easter egg in hand. Girlfriend, sister-in-law, mother-in-law. We all watched it. Share your eggs? I had to share my eggs in the end. Ooh. <laughs> you didn't want to, did you, though? I didn't want to, no, I didn't want to. didn't want to. Still angry about that washing machine, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> but the dogs really liked it, because all the dogs watched it as well. Oh, yeah. they like it? Yeah, well, Ariel didn't. Ariel, <laughs> Ariel looks a bit like Videl, the dog in the film. <laughs> the breed of dog in the film is a griffin. Now, Ariel, I've said before, is a multi-poo, but she's same colour. She's ginger, so she looks similar to this dog. And whenever it would come on screen, she'd freaking bark at it, because she hates dogs, you see. The chihuahuas hate people, and the multi-poo hates dogs. Funny enough, Star jumped up and went to the telly and then looked out the window and st- as soon as she heard that dog. Did she? Yeah, she's never, ever done that. When that bit, you know, when he takes the dog in and it starts whining and it wants food. Yeah, yeah. She was straight up, straight off the settee, just. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst we're on the topic of the dog, I remember the first time I watched this film with Jack. I turned around and was like, "Has a dog ever been nominated for an Oscar?" Because it's very good, isn't it? It is unbelievable, isn't it? That dog. There was a few dogs that they used. I think there was about six, but there was one that was brilliant that was called Jill that gets the credit at the end of the film. But there were six. The bit that was very good was the cock of the leg. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Tra- trained on how to pee. Do the pee motion, but don't pee. Don't That's pee. very strong stuff. Yeah. There's, there's a lot, obviously, you know, so, so as we said, um, Melvin is kind of... A very miserable man. He's your nightmare neighbour. He's old. He's got old-fashioned views. 
You know, he's, he's just, he's, he's a grump. Yeah. And he is forced into taking his neighbour's dog that he doesn't have a very good reputation with. He's previously put the dog in the rubbish chute. He wants nothing to do with it. And when his neighbour gets beaten up, he has to care for the dog. Mm. And you really see him, his his personality change and him shift when he's caring for this dog. And there's that scene when they go on the dog walk and one of his um, OCD rituals and traits is the fact that he can't walk on a crack. So he kind of has to place his foot and it'd it, it, it be deemed as safe for him to do it. And the dog copies him. And they, they've got this in long, wide shots of the dog not stepping on cracks. Do you know how they did it? Go on. No, go on. They put obstacles on the cracks, right? They put things for the dog to step over. And the dog did step over, and then they removed the obstacles in post-production. Oh, wow. So I thought, have they fucking taught this dog how to step over cracks? But they haven't. There was actually things there on the floor that the dog stepping over. Like a little ramp. And then they digitally yeah. removed them afterwards. But still very clever, very clever. Very good, very good. And works perfectly. So, like we said, Melvin is... He is a grump. And why do we think that is? Because he's obviously a, quite a big, successful writer living in New York. He's an isolated writer, isn't he? Part of his grump is being disturbed. And he's got OCD. So he has to have everything very uniform. He eats at the same place where we meet the Helen Hunt character. But what you get from him is that feeling that he writes best when everything is always the same and he's got himself into that loop and he's written 65 books they're all very successful he's made a lot of money it works that life works for him and the sort of thing that throws a spanner in the works is when you have a person or an animal to care for and he suddenly is presented with this animal to care for because it's kind of the boyfriend of his neighbour who says look you've got to make it up to him you put this dog in the rubbish chute and your way of making up to him is looking after this dog. And it doesn't take them long till they form a bit of a, a bond. And he falls in love with the animal very quickly. And it kind of both fit in with each other's routine, don't they? Because mm. obviously he's, you know, he has to have a routine. And the dog quite enjoys having a routine. So it just works. And it it starts to make him a better person. So, like Ben said, he's been eating at the same restaurant, what we think is for years. He sits in the same table, and he always gets served by, is it Carol? Carol, Carol the waitress. Well, she's the only one who is serving. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he, they don't want to serve him, and he doesn't want to be served by anyone else. So he sits on the same table, at the same section, takes his own cutlery, and... For someone he sees every day, he doesn't have that great a relationship with her. You know, it's very much a working relationship. She looks after him. She keeps it simple. He pays. He leaves. But when this dog's involved, you slowly start to see more layers to him and him become more caring. And it kind of leads him to find out more about Carol and Carol's life. And Carol has this son called Spence, um, who's obviously got some medical battles, and he kind of puts his foot in it by asking questions and asking too many questions. And when one day when Carol isn't at work and she's not at work because of her son and his medical condition... Well, he, he, earlier on, he makes a big mistake, doesn't he? He has a go at the son. And, and what you realise is that he has little or no filter for other people's emotions or feelings. Mm, yeah, he just says things, doesn't he? He just says things. So he he forms... No relationships, no significant relationships because he puts them off before they even start. And the dog is his most significant relationship because the dog doesn't give a shit because he can't, he can't say anything to the dog that will put the dog off. But he's already upset her before, hasn't he? Very badly. He has an asthma attack, doesn't he? And, the, and she can't come into work so her son's very ill. And that sort of throws Melvin's life completely off doesn't it because he doesn't know what to do now because there's not going to be carol there to serve him eggs well they see you see the other woman who's taken over she doesn't give a shit elephant girl <laughs> when when he calls her that my head fell off he goes look elephant girl go get carol he's just he's got no that was the only bit he's got he's just got 
so little charm that you think, how have you got as far as you have? Yeah. He's just not a very nice man. He's not nice to anyone, ever. He's racist, he's sexist. Yeah. He, you know, he, he just, he just isn't a particularly nice person. But then the thing that changes his world is this dog. There's a line in the film, I'm skipping quite a bit here, but I think it's probably my favourite line is, he says to Carol, he says, you make me want to be a better man. Oh, yeah. My sister-in-law's favourite line, that. And it's my favourite line. And it kind of bigs the big question of who is making him the better man? Is it Carol or is it the dog or is, like... Because there is something in both relationships that are both very similar but very different, you know? The fact that... He basically makes a grand gesture to Carol that is purely selfish because all he wants is Carol to get back to work. So what he does is he speaks to his publisher who is married to the best doctor in town and says, this woman, I need her as part of my life. Care for her son. I'll pay the medical bills. So then she basically goes from public health to private health and everything's sorted by Melvin, which means Carol's back to work which means Melvin's routine isn't affected. Melvin doesn't want thanks. He doesn't want anything. He just wants his eggs at the same time, served in the same way, and then he's happy. I suppose what it's trying to say is you can't you can't not interact with life. You can't live a kind of life of any kind of human being and not interact with people. And he comes to the end, doesn't he? He has to interact with her. He has to interact with his neighbours. He has to interact with the dog and he has to form relationships and he's doing it late on in life. And the thing that's really bizarre is when you think about the end of the film, so you think about those those first scenes, he is awful. He's, he's a proper, proper bastard. Like, no one likes him. And when you think about the end of the film, he's mates with his neighbour, he's got a girlfriend, he's got a dog... He's mates with his neighbour's boyfriend, ex-boyfriend. You know, he's actually a nice guy when you get to know him. Mm. Nicholson said he was really scared about doing the film because he didn't think people would like it because he's so horrible to people throughout the whole film. When when I watched it this time round, I found it really difficult to like him. And then there was a certain point where you kind of do start liking him. But he talks about the trauma in the car, though, doesn't he? He says, my dad didn't come out of his bedroom for 11 years. (laughs) And he used to hit me with a yardstick if I made a mistake on the piano. And you realised that that was his start, that was his most fundamental relationship, wasn't it, with his father and his parents, Mm. which was completely absent. Yeah, so that's why he's absent of everyone, yeah. I loved the bit in the car when he had all of his CDs oh, labelled. Yeah. For emergency So it was like songs to break the ice and it's Van Morrison days like this. And then it was like songs if it gets quiet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> songs to start conversation. He's had to think about everything, hasn't he? Think about every sort of converse- conversation or every sort of problem that might happen on the trip. Yeah. And Jack Nicholson and the writer of the film have done such a strong job of showing obsessive compulsive disorder in a normal everyday life and situations because those battles are what people with that disorder and illness have to go through. Mm. But they still have to live a life and it's a real challenge and it's a challenge that people like us don't have to deal with. But... You see it in this film, obviously dramatised for the purpose of a film, but it, it's so true and it feels so real that it's all part of the when you grow to kind of care for his character of Melvin. It's like even that when he's he's, he's, he's comes in from being outside and he, he opens up the bathroom cabinet and he's got all the soap and he washes his hands with two completely brand new bars of soap, doesn't he? And then he, he bins them at the end of it. I mean, the, the, the bit that stood out to me is, I think it's almost the first part of the film, is when the neighbour's boyfriend is going to attack him, and the only thing he's concerned about is him touching him. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not, it's not don't punch me, don't stop. It's, don't touch me, don't touch me. And, you know, it kind of shows, he does a really good job of trying to show how you know the 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 brain is affected with with that 
illness sort of thing. It's, it is it is very clever, and obviously I think Jack Nicholson has been credited on his performance in this many a many time. Um, so like you said, we've we've got the road trip, which is a really big moment in Melvin and Carol's relationship because it goes from her saying, I want to say thank you, but I'm not going to sleep with you, to her basically saying, actually let me find out more about this guy. But don't you feel sorry for him as soon as she says, as soon as she sort of blurts it out, doesn't she? She says, I'm not going to sleep with you. Do you think that's what you wanted? No. I don't, I think it's what exactly what Ben sort of said. He just wants her to go back to work so he can get his eggs. What's, it, what's happened yet? Yeah, what's happened is, because next door, he gets beaten up, doesn't he, so badly... His life is unravelling, it's what Jack said. His life around him is unravelling. And actually, I think he spends three quarters of the film trying to get his life back to the day before it all went wrong. I think he, I think he's just spending all his time trying to get all the pieces back together to go, I'm in my flat, I can write, I don't have the dog, I'm on my own. And as it goes on more and more... Yeah, I think I don't think he did have that in his head. I think he genuinely wanted to pay for a medical, but he didn't care about the money. I think it starts to change, doesn't it, when he sort of wakes up in the morning and he starts to take them pills, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's when he realises when he's sort of sat down at the restaurant. Yeah, that, that is a massive gear shift, isn't it, between the both of them when they see each other out of work clothes, out of everyday clothes, they kind of see each other on a different level and a different position and they realise that, they genuinely do have a connection. Well, she asks him to be. She asks him to be vulnerable, and that's what he doesn't. He can't do. She asks him, "Say something nice about me. Be vulnerable." And that's what he struggles with opening. Why he opened when he opens up, and being vulnerable, it makes him feel unsafe, and he can't. Can he? He can't. You know, he upsets her when he talks about her dress. Yeah, I mean, I think that's amazing writing, that he can quickly say such a hurtful insult as, they don't let me in because I'm not wearing a suit and tie, and they let you in looking like a housewife with a house dress on. Yeah. Really, really bad insult, you know, to a woman who's dressed up and she she thinks she looks nice or what, whatever, and she's sat down at the table. Really, really hurtful. Then she says, say something nice about me really, really fast, or else I'm going to walk out. So he comes up with the amazing chat-up line of, you make me want to be a better man. Iconic, very big, pulls at your heartstrings. And then she says, why did you bring me here? And he says, so that you won't sleep with Simon. (laughs) And it's like the fall from grace so fast. Do you know what I mean? Doesn't he say so that you might have slept? So you might sleep with him. He's thinking to stop you from sleeping with Simon, I'm going to take you out to to eat because I think you'll have sex with him and I don't want you to. He's almost trying to say it's a compliment. (laughs) I think I do have to say that in that interaction, Helen Hunt is fantastic. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Because you could quite easily, unfortunately, look at that film and go, if she wasn't so good, you'd go, you just wouldn't fucking hang around with this guy. You just fucking wouldn't give him time of day. But but she gives it just enough that she goes back. You can see that she believes in him just enough. But that moment at the table, Jack, I think, I think she was absolutely fantastic when she looked at her. And the bit with her son, the two times that you thought, God, he's he's... He's hit the worst part of her. You know, she hasn't been out. She hasn't been anywhere since. And her son, what, is 10, 11? She hasn't been out for 11 years. And he says, you're dressed like in that, you know, awful dress. Mm. So that moment onwards kind of sets a bit of a sour tone. And Carol and Melvin kind of stop speaking. And they've got the long drive back. And the neighbour's in for the drive back because he's decided that he's not going to continue. <laughs> he plays that tune, doesn't he? Yeah. What's it awkward? The f- emergencies <laughs> only. <laughs> it's just awkward. Yeah. It's so well, He knew there was going to be an emergency and he plays the tune to bail himself out. Yeah. So they get back to New York and Carol kind of goes her separate way and her and Simon part ways and then Melvin's like what what do I do here like 
I'm going to try and talk to her, I'm going to try not to. Well, he says he'll sleep on it, doesn't he? Yeah, and it's at this moment where you realise that he, he his character has completely almost had a personality transplant because he's now allowing Simon to live with him and he's had it organised that his spare room in his flat is now to be home to Simon, which he would have never have allowed. God, no. And also, he goes to that moment for the first ever time you feel in his life, he's asking someone else for help. Mm. What do I do? This is the moment where you tell me what to do. (laughs) This is the moment where I really felt like he was 18 and having a flatmate for the very first time and going... Oh my, I've just split up with my girlfriend. What do I do? But he's in his 60s and he's saying, I've never been here and I love her. And then he says, look, you've got to go and do it. You've got to go and do it tonight, haven't you? You've got to go and get her. So he does. He, he, he goes round, he meets her, they chat and he kind of breaks the ice, breaks the tension and they relax and he says, should we go for a walk? And it's like 4am, isn't it? And they're walking the streets of New York and walking and talking and he kind of turns and faces her and he tells her that he loves her doesn't he yeah and they have that kiss don't they and they embrace well they have one and then he he says he can do better i can do better and they go again and it's you know little sort of moments on obviously after that he walks on a crack without realising when they go back to the flat for the first time, he doesn't lock the door. Yeah. He, he Like he's changing. His his brain is allowing him to relax in the fact that he's forming relationships. He's kind of letting his guard down, being vulnerable, falling in love, which is allowing his obsessive compulsive disorder and rituals and tensions to relax and just allow him to do that a little bit more. And it's just really clever script and it showed so well through the direction and the performance i think at the end is the is the moment probably where they win all the awards what do you mean when they're they're talking together on that street yeah i think the mum plays a massive part as well yeah in all those conversations cuba gun jr the mum when the mum's trying to give her advice yeah and the the the, the scene to be so mother and daughter yeah. Where they're shouting at each other and they're sat at the table and she's crying and she's screaming. She doesn't know what she's going to do. She doesn't. Yeah. And she doesn't even know what her point is with anything. Do you know what I mean? And then she says, what do you want? What do you she scream? What do you want from me, mum? She's like, I just want to go out. And they're like, all right. And then that's, that, it just seems so real. She was fantastic, actually, the mum. Yeah. She was fan- She Yeah, you're right. I just thought that bit at the end, they were beautifully lit. And I really felt they were talking to each other. I felt that they'd spent the whole time in the movie sort of missing each other, missing each other as people. He couldn't connect. She couldn't connect with him. And then at the very end, in that chat, you were like, oh, they've connected. Eventually, they've connected. Yeah, it was a strong moment. And then he says, oh, there'll be, don't worry, there'll be a bread shop open. There'll be, we'll get some rolls. And at the very end, I thought it was a very clever ending. They're just in a bread shop. It's not a big bang ending. It's just how lovely. Quick break and shall we come back and give it our ratings? Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back from the break. Time to rate it. Jack, it is your last pick of the series, so that means you get to start us off. Big film for me, as good as it gets. Um, Jack Nicholson, one of my favourite actors. Uh, Academy Award winner for him and for Helen Hunt. Missed out on screenplay. And I had to look it look up and see what the hell won. But it was uh, Goodwill Hunting. Uh, 1997, this. 98 Oscars. Film came out 97, but yeah, 98 Oscars. It's when Titanic won everything. Yeah. This got Best Actor and Actress, but screenplay went to... Um, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, but I can understand that. I can understand that, because that is a brilliant script by... Yeah. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. But anyway, um, I think the writing's very good. Hans Zimmer as well done the music. He's back again. He just keeps banging them out, doesn't he? <laughs> he does, doesn't he? Hans, you got anything? Uh, yeah, don't worry, I'll, I'll rustle something up. <laughs> He's, I mean, it's unreal, isn't it? Unreal. Busiest man in show business. He just knocks it Hans. out of the park again. Yeah. Well, I've got a spare afternoon. What do you need? <laughs> yeah, as good as it gets. Nicholson, fine. Yeah. So, um, in... James L. Brooks, uh, second time actually um, Nicholson's won an Academy Award for a James L. Brooks film. He won for Terms of Endearment as well. Oh, Terms of Endearment's cracking. And this is the only film where he's won Best Actor and the film hasn't won Best Film. So the other two it did. Um, My rating, I'm just going to go nine. Solid. Solid nine, yeah. I like this film and I appreciate it because... Sometimes you watch films that have really good dialogue and it's all about the dialogue. Whereas this, there's a lot more to it. Like, it's a great script, Mm. but it it definitely has that substance behind it as well. It's not just pure, heavy script dialogue all the time. Do you know what I mean? It's it's, It's got the performances to back it up. I think it's probably got the story and the film and the direction kind of Take, takes you with them and you kind of feel on it. It's not often that two actors either, they win Academy Awards for a, a comedy. Exactly. I can't really think of any. Yeah, and maybe that's what it is, is the fact that it's got the romantic elements, it's got the dramatic elements, it's got the comedy elements, and it kind of all does balance it out perfectly. And there are some lines that like I loved watching at this time. I loved it when... She screams that she just wants a normal boyfriend and the mum turns around and says, there's no such thing as a normal boyfriend. And I liked it when he said, I know what question you're going to ask. And she goes, what question am I going to ask? And he's like, ask me. And she goes, no, what question am I going to ask? And he goes, is the crab in season? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like just clever. I like the bit when he shouts to the waiters. Two eggs. Yeah, two crab dinners. (laughs) And, And the waiter turns around and goes, thanks, I'll tell you, serve it. But fries it, or baked it is great in the fact that the dialogue is so innocent because it is all around this illness that Nicholson's character has to live with but it, it, it ties in in a really clever way it just ties in a really clever way for me um, 7.5 oh 7.5 I think much. that's a bit of a I said think it, 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 <laughs> you were being kind it like you were leaving a tick. What? <laughs> yeah, you did. You gave it a massive build-up and you went, it's a 7.5. Get <laughs> pleased with yourself. You've just given me a plate of shit and said, enjoy it and let me know what it tastes no, like. No, I'll tell you what he's done. He's given you a plate of shit and he's gone, but it's warm. 75%. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's done. But it's warm. No, no, no. Nah. But it's warm. 7.5. Do you ch- do you change do you change your ratings? Do you change your ratings when you do your summary? Because I do all the time. Not when I, I was not, always, not when I do the summary. No, no Jack. No, literally, I was all, <laughs> I was I do the summary. I was always going eight. Always going oh eight. My 
God. Don't know why. And then just changes last minute. It just comes out like verbal Tourette. But you gave it an eight <laughs> appraisal. The appraisal was an eight. Bent, I was meant to say eight and I said 7.5. Oh my God. Well, no, I'll, I'll go eight then. We, we can... No, we, you can't we, change. No, no, you can't. You can't it, it was change. Like, it, was kind of a, it was kind of a verbal tick that change. came no, out. No, no, no. And then Jack, Jack did the thing on the Zoom where he was smiling and then passively aggressively started nodding as if to say Do you just fucking say 7.5 no, he, he just he just opened up the christmas card and it had a pound coin in it <laughs> yeah. not a five pound note yeah. that's what happened <laughs> yeah, he was expecting he was expecting the caramel egg and what <laughs> what he got was, was non-brand chocolate it's a 7.5 it's a good rating it's a strong rating ben i really love this and I sat with my wife and I forgot about it. And I thought, I wonder if it's dated. And I don't think it is a rom-com for me. It's a film about connection and relationship and fear. And all three people in that film, the main characters in that film, are all living really hard, difficult lives. The artist who was disowned by his parents and beaten, beaten badly. The mum with a very ill child who, who can't get beyond working and looking after him. And Nicholson trapped by, you know, this disease in a flat that means he can't leave. And I thought, if you take out that it's meant to be this kind of rom-com idea and you look at it, you think, God, oh, they've written a very, very interesting film about connection which i think he's um greg kinnear is fantastic in it i really do i think he's kind of the unsung kind of bit in it when they do that bit and they draw each other and he starts drawing her i thought that's a really beautiful bit of the film she's not felt pretty she's not felt seen for years and he's gonna draw her and i just thought oh that's such a fucking great bit of writing and I thought all the characters by the end have all gained something. It's not just Nicholson wiping them out. It's a real movie for all three of them. So I think I'm going to go high. You know, I'm going to go 9.5. Good. See, calls fucking 7.5. Uh, yeah, but we, we've we agreed that I cocked up. It, it just happened. It's one of them things, isn't it? It just came out of the mouth. <laughs> it came out. Someone made me. Someone put the hand on my backside and devoured it, Chris. It could have been worse. I could have I could have gone six and then be like, oh, shit, I didn't mean to say that. But yeah, all the way I was going, eight. All the way. <laughs> <laughs> We've got 7.5 at 9.5, which takes us to 17. 26. 26 is a big, it's a big score. Good. Jack. You That's, be yeah, yeah, that. take that all day long. Gotta be happy. Yeah, with yeah. That. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic choice. Speaking of fantastic choice, hello. Jack's hidden gem. Now, there's been a lot of talk about the gems recently. Really? Why? <laughs> I love this. There's a mystery social media element to this, which me and Jack don't see, but there's been hundreds of thousands of people. Obviously, after Jack picked. A gem twice. <laughs> do you know what, though, Colson? Do you know what? Good on him. And do you know what, Ben? There's talk of that he was doing it to build his section back up to check that people are listening. No, the one the fucking wasn't. You now have the attention of <laughs> the nation. all the thousands of people. My hidden gem this week <laughs> is class action park. <laughs> it is absolutely fantastic. You could pick that again, you know. And I wouldn't mind. <laughs> so you've got the attention of everyone who listens. They're expecting a good gem. What's it going to be? So it's not hidden. It's a gem and it's good. But by no stretch is it fucking hidden. <laughs> Jack's gem. <laughs> and it's not a gem. So I'm picking a random show. It's, it's, I've renamed it Jack's Random Show of the Week. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Netflix. I think it's I think it's something like number three in the charts. Right. It's shot on his own section. Hang on. But it is really good. I have to talk about it because it is really good. It's a series. Eight Eps, Tony Collette. Have you seen it? Pieces of her. No. Right. Okay. Good. I've got an audience. P 
pieces of her it's a drama series right about mother and daughter mother being tony collette what's tony collette been in recently that we've watched she's in hereditary she's the mum in hereditary okay and uh in um what's the um she's muriel australian in muriel's what? wedding she's muriel she british australian yeah muriel's she's in wedding. she's in uh, is she in knives out oh yes i think she is yeah, I think she is. She's a very good actress. Very good actress. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm not spoiling anything for you because it tells you this in the opening 30 seconds. She's having a conversation with her daughter in a restaurant and some guy comes in and starts shooting everyone. She's in fucking Dream Horse, isn't she? Yeah, she I'm is. I'm convinced yeah, she of it. Is. Yeah, she is. That's what I was thinking She is of. in Dream yeah. Horse. Anyway, the gem, the gem. The gem, come on. Someone comes in and starts firing shoots and shooting in this restaurant. She goes all hero and ends up uh, killing this guy. So she's all over the six o'clock news. Mum saves the day, um, says her name and everything, and she's like, shit, I'm on the news. They're going to know where I am. They're going to come and get me, and they're going to kill me. So there's something about a past that you don't quite know. But she can't go on TV because then people are going to see her and then come looking for her. That's the sort of Like she's in hiding. Something like that. Something's Is it a bit like... What's the film with Viggo Mortensen? Yes, it's exactly like that, Ben. It's that. Got it's that, but a series. Okay, great. So it's on the Netflix, Jack. It's yeah? on the Netflix. Um, I've done three, four apps, and it's of eight, and I'm interested. I'm in. I'm in now. I'm in for the long haul. Very good. Next week, boys. Do you know what it is? It's the la- it's the last ep, isn't it? It's the last step, and I think we're going. We're going out with a bang with a big movie. It's a people's choice, isn't it? We are. It's, it's a people's choice. So people's choice for you guys at home is where we put a poll out on our Instagram. We asked for your film suggestions and we got over 250. They were in the random generator. They were all shuffled and it made us two semifinals. Mm-hmm. So semifinal number one was Royal Tenenbaums versus Magic Mike. Oof. Then we found number two was Scream versus Rocky. So semi-final one was an absolute landslide. Magic Mike is in the final, boys. Is it? Jesus. Oh, good. Oh, good. That's good. Semi-final number two, bit closer. So the last one was a landslide, bit closer, only winning by 8%. Ooh, that's nothing these days. That's nothing. Nothing. Scream versus Rocky. What's got its place in the final? Is it Sly Stallone? Rocky. Which meant the final comes out at Magic Mike versus Rocky for the last film in Series 5 of Sofa Cinema Club chosen by you guys at home. I can tell you, whoever's lost this one, it's a close one. It's gone to judges' decisions. There was only 20 votes in it. The last film of Series 5 of Sofa Cinema Club, chosen by you guys at home, winning by 20 votes, is Magic Mike. Well, what a shower of shit. Well, they need to take a long fucking look at themselves, (laughs) don't they? Magic Mike. I thought you told us Rocky won, Jack. I thought Rocky won. It got to about midnight, and I looked on the old social. I looked on the social, and it was... 50, 50, 50% each. And I went, well, what the fuck happens here? So I went into the little domain on the blogging. Yeah, you can see. You could count exactly how many votes. And there were seven votes in it in favour of Rocky. So it won by seven. Went to bed thinking, great. Next morning, it, it was still ticking over. I didn't realise. Well, our followers who obviously get on the Instagram after midnight are obviously all into Magic Mike because... That's what we're watching. And I've got to watch that on the train. <laughs> on the iPad, on the train, Magic Mike. It just, it's not a season finale, is it? It's not. But that's what I love about the podcast is most podcasts, you try, after five series, you try and think, let's go big, get more listeners or whatever. We go, do you know what? It's Magic Mike. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. We're not mucking around. Our audience has spoken. It's Magic Mike. I think we might have to pick Rocky as a choice anyway at some point. Because that's a classic. I don't think I like Rocky. Oh, I love it. 
I love it. I've got a question for you. So, seeing as we've only got one episode left in the series, are you going to miss Sofa Cinema Club? Yeah, well, yeah. How did what was the nod for Just yes, Colson? Because to, to fill you in to make sure that we're all on the same script. Oh, okay. No. Are you going to miss Sofa Cinema Club? Yes. Yeah. And if you want extra Sofa Cinema Club, where can you find it? It's that Patreon, isn't it? There it is go. that Patreon. And it's really easy to do, Jack, because all you've got to do is go onto the old World Wide Web mm. and type in www. <laughs> all the W's. Patreon.com forward slash Sofa Cinema Club. And that takes you to the homepage of Sofa Cinema Club on Patreon, which is a paid for podcast subscription platform where there is extra Sofa Cinema Club. So there's bonus content on there. Go on. If people also um, subscribe and like, but definitely subscribe, you'll know when we're about to release or you won't miss if we're releasing some more episodes. Maybe we might be releasing episodes out of season. Mm, That's the kicker. Not saying much, but we might be at the Olympics. Yeah. So if you subscribe, you won't miss the Olympics. No one wants to miss the Olympics. Before we finish Show for Cinema Club admin, I think we've got some new members to welcome into our film club and production company. Do you know what? I think we had I think we had someone who we gave two jobs to. <laughs> someone wrote in and went, I've already got a job. And then, <laughs> and then do you remember that lad, Chris, who ran the bar? Yeah, he hadn't put just Chris, Chris. He said, "Yeah, just Chris." I said, "Chris, Chris, Chris, Chris." He said, "I just forgot to put my last name in." <laughs> so I'll start us off. Okay, great. Joining the production company this week in a very important role of um, Stanley Knife Holder, which is a big role on a film set because you never know when you're going to need a Stanley Knife. You can use them in many, many things, especially on a film set. And that role is Olivia Stanley. That's terrible. That's terrible. But you've taken the literal her literal name. Well, I was going to go Carpenter, but does it have the same gag? No, the, the literally the Stanley gag is no gag. But Carpenter would be maybe yeah would furnishing would have been and better, fittings yeah. would have been better. Yeah, but basically Olivia's job is always to be on set on standby with a Stanley knife, and it's Olivia Stanley. I'm sorry, Olivia. I'm so sorry. What a job. I need a job. You've got loads of fucking jobs. (laughs) I'm the one who's stuck. (laughs) You in a film unit, he's not... Colson's not picking jobs that exist. He's picking Wi-Fi, Stanley Knife Holder. Last week it was gloves. Head of gloves, yeah. To be fair, I would say that Glover and Stanley are on a similar wage band. That that's kind of the role's importance. It's similar comedy level. Lisa Strakey, I'm gonna go with. It looks Strake, like I like it. Lisa Strakey. Uh she's gonna be product placement. Well done. Very good. You might have to explain that role. I she's head of Jack. product placement. So And what does head of product placement do? Well she has to go and speak to all advertisers for like Coca Cola, Pepsi, um, you know, um, Shell Garage, Google. It's like when I check the it's check the time on my watch and it says Timex. Yeah, all that. So every time you see like people drinking Coca Cola in a film, she's got to go and make that. Deal. She's on there. She's on she's there. making that deal with product placement. That's what she is. I've got is Kim McCarriage. Yeah, yeah. Now what I like about Kim, I've always liked Kim. She's upgraded her tier on the Patreon, so she's starting off small popcorn. She's gone big popcorn, which I think is fantastic. So because she's upgraded, I'm sure we must have given her a job. But do you know what? She's upgraded, so I'm giving her promotion. Promotion? Ah. She's getting a promotion because she upgraded. Do you know what? I'm feeling generous. Co-owner. Co-owner. I know. I've gone absolutely. Co-owner. Co-owner. I'll sack her next week. Co-owner. No, no, no. She's co-owner with me. Co-owner of the cinema chain of one. (laughs) <laughs> what you'll do is we'll open I've opened one the main one and then Kim's will go off and open another one I think what was that bloody cinema called that won on the competition Scott's. two weeks Scott Cinema Scott oh, shy. Well, money laundering you wait out because there's going to be Kim's next week <laughs> we're starting a chain Kim and Ben Ben and Kim's and Zoe is going to Ben and Kim's cinema <laughs> yes welcome so there we go well done Kim 
Fantastic. And if you do want extra Sofa Cinema Club whilst we're away, like I said, it's really easy. Head on over to Patreon, type in Sofa Cinema Club, and on there you will find two platforms. And for the top platform, you get a bonus episode of Sofa Cinema Club every month. We're back here on Monday for the last episode of Sofa Cinema Club Extraterrestrial, and then back on Thursday for the final episode of Series 5 of Sofa Cinema Club. Until then... Good night. God bless. Good night. Good night. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favorite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namone Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behavior creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast.